0: Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. And we are back, baby. It is official. The 2021 season has kicked off as of right now. I am your host, Tim Petrop, here, of course, with only one... One half of the dynamic duo, that is the fantasy football twin twins of the millennium, Jason. No, Michael today. The good, twin
1: Jay? pillars of fantasy football. I
0: like that. The twin, the twin twin pillars. No. What the fuck? Why would you say twin twice? Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> the twin. Because <laughs> pill- <laughs> I thought each Yo, pillar foot- was a twin pillar. Are you not referring to each pillar as a twin pillar? Because then there'd be twin twin pillars. No, dude. The twin pillars are I know, not, I know. two pillars. I'm, tr- I'm, I'm trying to dig myself out of the hole and failing miserably. Absolutely failing miserably. So you might be noticing something a little different today. Um, Jason said something witty. Number one. Uh just kidding. Number two, uh, <laughs> we are coming to you from at Thursday night. We usually come to you uh Wednesday nights. We're coming to you Thursday nights this year. And the reason for that is because it's better for you and it's better for us. It's the way our schedules worked out. Wednesday night is a really good night. I mean, Thursday night's a really good night for us to record this year. Also, um, the way that, you know, life works out and, and football works out is Thursday's a really... Uh, it's like the difference between Wednesday and Thursday is always so big. Because we found ourselves last year recording so many times where we're recording and what we recorded means nothing because a big injury happens. For example, we're going to be talking about Gus Edwards very, very soon, right? The bus. So Gus the bus is parked for the season. So we would have been giving you all this information about Gus Edwards if we if we recorded yesterday. Uh, there's a lot more practice information. If someone doesn't practice on Thursday, it's way bigger of an indication if they're not going to play as, as opposed to not practicing on Wednesday. So there's just a big gap in those days, and that's why we're doing it. Um, something kind of fun that's going to be happening is the Thursday night football game is going to be happening while we're recording. Uh, so maybe if a big play or something happens in the background, we'll, we'll maybe we'll go crazy as Dak completes a pass to Dalton Schultz live. Um, but yeah, so we're that's we're gonna to come to you, uh Thursday this year in the same form, same you know, same situation, Wednesday. two episodes. Um,
1: Wednesday is also the day that vets typically get off from practice. So true. Like you said, it's not a very eventful day. Right. It's better to hold off till Thursday.
0: It's better. And, you know, it's better for everyone. If you want to hear the Thursday night preview, by the way, please become a patron. Patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy is where you can become a patron and get the waiver wire slash Thursday night football weekly episode, uh, the extra episode. Uh, and you can get a ton more other stuff. Uh, can check us out patreon.com slash fantasy and the proceeds from patreon.com slash fantasy are helping us with our real passion project what we really believe in what we really want to push and that is our app the Broto fantasy app another reason why we are comfortable um, coming out on thursday rather than wednesday is we're comfortable that we're providing you with enough information on the app um, especially with the updated player cards uh, that and the updated stats, everything being updated in real time, like we really think we're giving you enough information to last you to Thursday, last you through Thursday, really. So um, download that app if you want those fantasy player cards. The the we just launched it today. The who to start tool, uh, start sit tool, excuse me. If you're wondering who should I start, should I start, you know, Mike Williams or should I start, uh. Nelson Aguilar you put it in there and it gives you a not only uh, who to start but percentages on we think this we think the start is let's say Mike Williams and we're and it's 55 percent Uh, of a chance that Mike Williams will outperform Nelson Aguilar. Um, Yeah, we're talking cool stuff here. Player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, advanced stats, and exclusive stats, including true throw value, true target value. You know it already. Ryan Tannehill, the true throw value king. While all the rest of these guys out here in in the podcast world and in the fantasy football world are acting like Ryan Tannehill is their favorite sleeper, we've been telling you to, draft and play Ryan Tannehill for the last two years, and it's been paying off. So that's what True Throw Value can get you. I'm done plugging now. Jason, it's actually time. It's really time to talk about some football games. Are you ready?
1: Holy mackerel! Holy
0: bajolies! And we're going to start with the Seahawks at the Colts. Um, so let's talk about the quarterbacks in this matchup, because I think it all starts with the quarterbacks, right? Because these are these are two defenses, uh, particularly the Seahawks defense, um, that can be beat through the air the Colts pretty good you know the Colts are like a a, they're like above average everywhere but they're not great anywhere CeeDee Lamb just dropped an easy pass so Seahawks at Colts is the first game looks like Carson Wentz is gonna play but as of right now he's only practicing a red shirt so very up in the air whether or not Carson Wentz plays so if he does play though he's facing a Seahawks team 31st in pass defense last season so the question is for you Jason. If Carson Wentz plays, I mean, I'm not gonna ask you if are you playing him? Because I think it would be stupid to play him. But do you think that what kind of effect do you think that has on the on the wide receiver weapons um in Pittman, Paris
1: Campbell, uh, uh Zach Pascal, and so on? Yeah, there's no shot, like you said, I'm starting Carson Wentz this week. No, and chance. honestly, in a perfect world. I'm not starting any Colts pass catchers either. It's a team that has not had a lot of practice time with their new quarterback who has been good for one season in his entire career. Clinton um, Nelson, their best offensive lineman, is also dealing with the same injury as Carson Wentz. And then you just don't know how the targets are going to distribute. Michael Pittman is probably the most talented receiver on that offense, but if I had to bet today, I'd probably bet that Paris Campbell is going to see more targets. And then there's also Zach Pascal, who has always just filled in for T.Y. Hilton and just become T.Y. Hilton every time T.Y. Hilton gets injured. Facts. So it's really hard to assess this offense. <clears throat> Week one will be a good indicator of what to expect, tip, um, specifically out of Pittman and Campbell. And Wentz has to throw the ball to someone. So I get Pittman and Campbell as flex plays but i'm not putting i'm not throwing out any Colts not named Jonathan Taylor with confidence
0: so let's talk about Jonathan Taylor then uh, because i think Michael Pittman is someone that I, I wouldn't be mad at you if you took a shot on if you if Carson Wentz plays like i am not i'm not i'm not going to be mad at you if you take a shot a a shart, if you take a shot right on him no if you <laughs> take, take a shot on Wentz take a shot right on Carson Wentz i'm not going to be I'm not going to be mad at you because I think Michael Pittman is going to be that number one option, but it's going to be you have to see. Seattle d- didn't have a good time covering any position, but 21st in DVOA against the number one receiver last year. That looks to be Michael Pittman's role, Paris Campbell's role in the slot. 25th against the slot receiver. So this is a matchup where if Carson Wentz can stay upright and can you know maybe you know maybe maybe shake off the rust a little early, um, Pittman and Campbell are probably going to be people who get some get some looks. Um it's tough to say right now because Carson Wentz is hurt. Um what's not tough to say is that the Colts are probably going to run the ball a majority of the time. I think that's obvious. So yeah, I even though Seattle has a, had a pretty good run defense last year, I think that Jonathan Taylor is a is a very good RB1 play this year. I mean this
1: week. I concur, man. Uh, it's going to be a Jonathan Taylor-led offense. And, look, Naheem Hines is there to steal receptions, not not really rushes. And Marlon Mack first came back from an Achilles, and he sucks anyway. So I expect this to be a solid dosage of Jonathan Taylor. I got He's him at RB8
0: right now, Jonathan Taylor.
1: Yeah, fair enough. He should put up RB1 numbers this week.
0: Um, let's go to the other quarterback, on the other side, um, I know we went kind of on a tangent, but let's go to the other quarterback on the other side, and that's Russell Wilson. Um, if you drafted Russell Wilson, you're playing Russell Wilson in this matchup, correct? We don't have to talk much about Russell Russell Wilson here.
1: Yeah, you're playing him. Uh, the Colts have an underrated defense, man. Like you said, they're pretty above average everywhere. At the end of the day, they come out a little above average. Like They're, they're not spectacular, but they're an underrated defense. I feel like they could give Russ fits. If you consider that... They have a new offensive coordinator this year. Brian Schottenheimer's out the door, and if Michael was on this podcast, he'd be yelling, "That's a good thing." Fuck Brian Schottenheimer, and he'd be right. But even though the offense will probably be better all season, doesn't mean they're gonna have to work out some kinks week one. Learning a new offense, so you could you're you're gonna roll out Russell Wilson, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's, if it's the, one of those Russell Wilson games where. You're disappointed at the end of the week because he does have his fair share of those games.
0: So if that's the case, then if Russell Wilson is going to disappoint, possibly, then there's a possibility. I wouldn't say DK Metcalf disappoints. I think that you're playing DK Metcalf with the utmost confidence that he's a wide receiver one this week. I think that there's a chance Tyler Lockett disappoints. Um, how are you? How are you viewing
1: the receiving options? So the good part about Seattle is that they're a funnel offense. We use that term when we talk about a team that you know who's going to get targets. You know who's going to be productive. Essentially, every week, we could honestly, if we really wanted to, skip over Seattle every week. Because you're probably going to start Russell Wilson. You're going to start DK Metcalf. You're probably going to start Ty Lockett. You're going to start Chris Carson, right? Like, this is a funnel offense. Those four guys are going to get the work. The only question is, how productive are they going to be each week? And if it's possible that Russell Wilson comes out with kinks, then that could definitely affect Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Metcalf is more matchup proof because he's a behemoth. And we all know that Tyler Lockett could end a game with 40 or zero. And I would definitely side that this is a game where zero is way more likely than 40. I'm not saying he's going to score zero. <laughs> But I wouldn't be surprised if it's a disappointing Tyler Lockett game that we've come to see. I have no Tyler Lockett anywhere, and I know
0: it's it's Week One now, and all, and you know it's it's not the same. But I just want to put out there that I'm not making this decision, and I'm happy I'm not making this decision um, because Tyler Lockett could easily ruin anyone, especially
1: because um, I I was just talking about how they're a funnel offense, but now you have Gerald Everett to consider, and. We don't know what his role in the offense is gonna be, but he is a very athletic former second round pick who has shined at times when he was on the Rams. So if he's gonna be more involved in the offense, that's I feel like at this point those are gonna be targets taken away from Lockett more than Metcalf. Metcalf was the one A last year. So yeah. we we it's gonna be good to see the Seattle offense. Gerald Effort is gonna be in the streaming conversation every single week. Again this week, I just I don't know if I trust him in his first ever game on a new offense. I I wouldn't do that.
0: I also to put on to put a little bit of a, a sprinkle on that one. Indy was fourth in DVOA against Titans last season because they have v- very good athletic linebackers. So so it's you know the, I'm not I'm not I'm not excited about starting Gerald Everett. Hopefully you don't have to start Gerald Everett in this game. Um, Brady is dropping dimes. Yo, he just dropped an absolute. Disgusting dime to oh my god Antonio Brown now and and, and Rob Gronkowski before it absolutely just perfection. dimes straight dimes by the way disgusting means good disgusting means good that's a that's a, I think I, I don't think that's a universal slang I think that's just like something I grew up with in my neighborhood. Um, what about Chris Carson in this game? Um, obviously, I think a good start here again. Like the the Colts are a team where you shouldn't expect. The most giant numbers, it's not like an exploitable matchup, but it's also not a matchup I'm shying away from in any way if I have a guy like Chris Carson, if I have a guy like DK Metcalf. Uh, I'm not shying away from these matchups in any type of way whatsoever. So Chris Carson, full go for me. Correct. Yeah. And what about Naheem Hines? Because I feel like he's a interesting...
1: No. no. Not this week. Not this week. Yeah. I, we don't know about <laughs> Nelson. We don't know about Wentz, and he's a backup running back. Yeah. Now, if you're in full PPR 14-team league, fine, but that's about it. I think one of the things that's going to be most interesting about this game is seeing
0: how they use Mo Ali Cox um, and, and Jack Doyle because the tight end position for the Colts is a very valuable position. Like every Someone's always producing a tight end for the Colts, and don't forget Carson Wentz has a history of making Zach Ertz into a tight end one. Like This is a, a position that could have... Excuse me. A lot of surprise fantasy value. The only problem is we don't know who's getting what. Worst case scenario is Jack Doyle gets all the mid range stuff, and then it's Mo Ali Cox in the end zone. That's worst case scenario. Um, but Seattle was eleventh against in DVOA against the tight end, so not the best uh, matchup for them. Jamal, you know Jamal Adams probably on the tight ends there um, when he's not blitzing. So well, how do you feel about these tight ends? There's uh,
1: look. Mo Ali Cox, I hope, I hope he gets more targets than Jack Doyle. That's that's how I feel about this week. I'm not touching any of them. I'm gonna watch and see what Mo Ali Cox's role is because Jack Doyle is not gonna be anything this year. But if Mo Ali Cox starts running routes every seventy percent of the plays, then that's gonna be something to take note of.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be something to take note of immediately. Like if Mo Ali Cox, Mo Ali Cox gets seventy percent of the snaps and runs the most passing routes tomorrow. I mean, on Sunday, I'm picking him up on the waiver wire, one thousand percent. Like, cause he's a guy that has the the size and the ability to be one of these tight ends who breaks out because he's going to be in the end zone, and that's what you're searching for with tight ends, tight touchdowns. He has the, he has the profile to score ten touchdowns. So, um, all right, we're good with that game. You ready <laughs> to move on to the next one? As Tom yes, Brady sir. To score first
1: touchdown of the year, Chris Godwin, there goes your Gronk bet. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> uh, Chris
0: Godwin, first touchdown of the year, and Brady, nine plays, 94 yards, absolute, uh, like, just dissecting the Cowboys' defense. All right. Next game on the docket. Definitely not going to see any type of, of football like it, that's being played right now by the Buccaneers, by these two teams. The Jags at the Texans. Um, when you're talking about the QBs here, you're not starting Tyrod Taylor, so get that out of here. Let's, let's talk about Trevor Lawrence. Rock meet hard place, right? Um, E-movable object meet unstoppable force. This is where the rookie quarterback in his first game, someone I would never tell you to start, meets a defense that is probably going to be historically terrible. Is Trevor Lawrence worth a start in this game?
1: It's tempting, man. It is. I have him. I have him in streaming territory. Me too. I have him at quarterback 17. I got him. So at f- there are a few people I like above him. I got him at 14. i Here's playing, how I feel playing about playing it,
0: with, I'm playing with this over here. I'm like, uh, I'm dancing on this tightrope here. I'm 14. That's almost QB1.
1: I get it. I'm just concerned about volume in this game. Like, the Texans are really bad. Really bad. And if you think they're bad this year, when they're legitimately giving away their entire team last year, they gave up 160 rushing yards and 31.3 fantasy points a game to running backs. I don't think I need to tell you that those are both NFL
0: worsts
1: (laughs) and their team has gotten worse. So the concern is that this is the James Robinson and Carlos Hyde, probably knowing Urban Meyer show. So, is Urban Meyer going to come out with his rookie quarterback and have him start slinging it? I don't know. I I don't know if that's how it's going to be. It's clearly a great matchup, and it's unfortunate that Jacksonville gets this matchup in week one because maybe in week 10 we're drooling for this. Yeah. So I get it. I trust Trevor Lawrence as a DFS play more than redraft. A
0: lot of what you're going to – talk about week one, is narrative-based, right? So, Jason, I got a little narrative for you here. You're right. Maybe it is a blowout. Maybe the Jaguars, too, do take a big lead. But you got Urban, Urban Meyer, who was known in college for stepping on people's throats. You got his rookie quarterback, who's slanging it against... They just traded Bradley Roby. Like, they they don't give a shit about anything over there. Like, they're they're tanking, and they're not even afraid to say it. And you got your 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 number one pick. He's swagging. He's throwing the ball all over the field. Marvin Jones is in the mix. Maybe DJ Charch is in the mix. Lavisca Chanel got a couple of big plays. If you're Urban Meyer, man, you might just take the pedal to the metal and say it's your first game in the NFL. Everyone's everyone's kind of like not everyone, but people are kind of like, oh, he can't do it. Like college coaches don't succeed in the NFL. I don't know if he if he takes his his hand his foot off the throttle. Um, the beneficiaries, if he doesn't take his foot off the throttle, is the wide receiver core. For me, DJ Chark and LaVisca, Ch- LaVisca Chenault are both playing for me. I don't. I, I'm not starting Marvin Jones yet unless Marvin Jones comes out and shows me that he's getting more burn and more looks than DJ Chark. And then I'll make that switch. But until then, DJ Chark's the number one receiver in my mind. And I don't want the number two receiver on this offense. I think the number one receiver has some appeal. And I think LaVisca Chenault, it's important to notice note, too, that Houston was terrible against everything, particularly terrible, too, against a slot receiver and tight end last year. So another advantage there. So I, those are two guys I'm comfortable starting. Uh, not so much Marvin Jones just yet. But this is another game where you are going to have to watch the usage.
1: I get what you're saying about Chark. I'm just not on that boat. Because if we look at the only sample size we have of this Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence offense is the preseason. And if you look at the preseason, Laviska Chenault had a target share of 27%. 60, uh, 70%. He played in the slot 70% of the time and saw a shitload of targets. And then behind Chenault was Marvin Jones. Who had a twenty-five percent target share, and what did he do? He averaged thirteen point three yards per catch. So we have the clear slot target, we have the clear deep target, and then the question is, where does DJ Chark come in? Probably the intermediate guy. I don't know but if, if being he, honest, I don't
0: know if he's the the because Chark wasn't playing in the in the preseason, so I don't know if Marvin Jones is that guy yet. We know that Marvin Jones. That's that what guy Marvin
1: Jones Ch- has always been, though. I don't think. DJ truck lining up on the other side is going to change what Marvin Jones is. Marvin Jones is going to be a guy who catches 20 yard passes. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Okay. True. And I don't know. I just, this isn't scientific, but rookie quarterbacks like throwing it either to the middle of the field to a slot receiver or like airing it out. Intermediate throws are the hardest in the NFL. I I, I'm know. probably not taking a shot on DJ Clark this week.
0: What about the other receivers on the other side? Are you are you wasting your time
1: starting any Texans wide receivers? Brandon Cooks is the only person no. you'd consider, no. and I hope he's in your flex. And you probably have a better option. Yeah, I don't want any. I don't want same thing. I don't want any anything. Texans. No zero Texans. We don't know if the like they have Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram, Rex Burkhead, David Johnson. We don't know what that's gonna look like. We don't know what the receivers are going to look like. We don't know what the tight ends are going to look like. And then Tyrod Taylor might run the ball himself. Honestly, the most enticing option on this team is Tyrod Taylor as a DFS quarterback. Ugh. But he's even an old ass fuck who probably can't run as much.
0: Anymore. No, no way. I'm starting. I have no way. None. There's no way Tyrod Taylor. That's what I'm
1: saying. I don't want to touch any no. Texans. I think we've talked about them too long
0: already. Yeah, I agree. Um, if I will say this though, if there was any time to start Philip Lindsay it's probably against the Jaguars who absolutely were terrible at run defense last year. Just putting that out there if you must start Philip Lindsay. He's the guy that I would start in DFS. I would I would give a shot at Philip Lindsay in nah, DFS. Um in a, in some type of a DFS lineup. Um what about James Robinson? Uh, what's your outlook for James Robinson?
1: I I touched on him when I talked about Trevor Lawrence. The Texans were the worst in the league. Last year, now imagine this year when they have no one. It's gonna. It's a good game for James Robinson. My only concern is that Urban Meyer pulls some shit with Carlos Hyde. Yeah, I got I got James I Robinson at, at RB thirteen right
0: now. I would probably have him in like RB nine if it wasn't for I don't know how he's going to be used all the way. All right, is there anyone else in this game you want to talk about? Nope. All right, let's get to the second. I mean, our third game: the Eagles at the Falcons, and this one has Ju- juicy. <laughs> juicy. Juicy, fruity. Yo, honestly, you know me. I spent the entire offseason. I spent the entire six years shitting on Matt Ryan. Um, I think Matt Ryan's a great play in this game. <laughs> that's, how my, that's how you know this game is, is, is going crazy. Let's start with the These are Dude,
1: I thought I was going to have to convince you that no. Matt Ryan has streaming potential in this game. No, he's QB
0: 15 for me right now.
1: I think I have him at a similar range. I have him at 12. Look. I'm. I'll just jump into the quarterbacks, man. I think that's who you asked me about. Ceedee Lamb touchdown, paying off his ADP. Oh, two teams of mine are very happy. <laughs> so, <laughs> when it comes to these quarterbacks, I just got hyped about the Ceedee Lamb touchdown.
0: Yo, that was a great play. They they did a fake. Uh, they did a fake screen to him, and then the defense kind of got lulled to sleep, and then Lamb just went went straight to the end zone. That was a great By play design. Bokey. Great play gorgeous. design. Gorgeous. Yeah, gorgeous.
1: Good. I have Jalen Hurts as my third quarterback this week. Last year, he started three games. He threw for over 300 yards in two of them. He averaged 80 rushing yards a game. Atlanta allowed 300, 293 passing yards a game. And now, the new Falcons defensive coordinator, Dean Pease, fun name, is known for playing man defense. And what what happens when teams play man defense against people like Jalen Hurts? They run. Once Jalen Hurts gets by that defensive line, and the rest of the receivers are down the field, there's no one. There's no one there to tackle Jalen Hurts, and he's going to be off and free. And if his quarterback and if his receivers see this and start blocking, it could be a long day. I love Jalen Hurts this week. One of our. And go ahead. It's go ahead. So facto, well, Matt Ryan is going to have a lot of scoring opportunities. <laughs> yeah, for
0: sure. Well, I, I think Matt. For me, Jalen Hurts is is QB six. I know you're crazy. You have him like QB three, right? Correct. You're very, you're very high. Uh, the, the Falcons were terrible, and they and they just hired an offensive coordinator. And uh, the, the, the Falcons are a mess. They they might have a top four pick this year. I I I think the Falcons are going to lose a lot of games. Um, they'll probably lose this game too. And one, I just wanted to mention when we played touch football which our first f- touch football game very exciting is this Sunday. Um, Jason was the quarterback and when the other team played man we had a we had a play where every everyone just like dragged over to one side and then Jason got past the line and just jetted for 40 50 yards. Like that was a play design and I feel like that's what Jalen Hurts is going to do. It's like all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like not as simple but it's exactly what we're talking about. Um which which begs the question here though. What about these These wide receiver options that Jalen Hurts has. Because I think Devonta Smith is a pretty good play in this game. I don't know about Jalen Rager. Maybe Jalen Rager. I got to see a little Jalen Rager first because what I saw last year. Here's the
1: thing. Talk about defensive coordinator tendency. Dean Pease likes to use man. That'll help Jalen Hurts run, yada, yada. Well, remember when we spoke about Jalen Rager last when we discussed that he was the second worst of all time in reception perception against man coverage? Yeah. So, a bye-bye, friend. You and, will not be a part of the
0: slugfest. And you're talking about a guy on the other side of him, and Devontae Smith, who was, you know, the guy's 190 pounds soaking wet. He was drafted because he creates separation and beats man.
1: Yeah, I'm cool with trusting Devontae Smith as a flex play this week. Me too. And after that, I'm looking at the Eagles' tight ends. And I say tight ends because Goddard did nothing to separate himself from Zach Ertz in the preseason. Zach Ertz, I think, even had more targets than Goddard. He's there. They're still running a two tight end offense. And I have them at 15 and 16 back to back. Because I don't know which one it's going to be. People assume it's Goddard, but people have been assuming it's Goddard for three years now. So I expect both of them to get a decent amount of targets. It just depends what they do with it. On the other side, we talked about Matt Ryan. I
0: think Calvin Ridley is this one of the smashiest plays of the week. I think I have him ranked as my second receiver on the week right now. Um, Yeah, Yeah. So you're playing Calvin Ridley. You're expecting a big game out of Calvin Ridley. But what about Russell Gage? Is he someone that
1: you're gauging some interest on? Yeah, man. I feel like Russell Gage hasn't had a lot of love this year. And Michael said it's because of the Adam Troutman effect where people just care about the opportunity and not the talent. And I get that. But I do think Russell Gage is a decent player. He's done well whenever given opportunities, and they're gonna have to score in this game. Because if you look at who's around him, well, Olamide Zaccheas, like how many how many targets is Kyle Pitts gonna get in his opening season, uh, opening game of his career? So I do think there'll be targets to go around for Russell Gage. I don't hate him as a PPR flex play.
0: Interesting. I I'm a little lower on on Russell Gage because I just rather like. Would you rather take a shot on Russell Gage or Hollywood Brown against Las Vegas with no running backs? Brown. Um, Or Michael Pittman? Kind of leaning gauge there. Paris Campbell. Gauge. Cole Beasley. Gauge. LaVisca. LaVisca. All right. So there's a little gauge. Gauge in the gauge. Um, Speaking about gauging. Um, I think, look, if you drafted Mike Davis, then there's no guarantee that you're going to have a workhorse all year. But you at least are guaranteed to have a workhorse today because Wayne Goldman is, you know, just joined the team. And yeah, he- yes.
1: Yes. I couldn't agree more, Tim. People are ranking Mike Davis like they're ranking his season outlook. Fuck that. It's week one. Yeah. <laughs> and they just brought in Wayne Goldman and they're facing Philly. So yeah. fire up your Mike Davis. For this sure. is what you got him for this one week. <laughs> right? Yeah.
0: Exactly. I mean, I'm not too excited about him. Like I got him ranked a quarter, running back twenty three right now, but I think it's a top. No, I think you got to put, RB- put him higher. Really? All right. So let me him or Chris Carson. Oh Carson. I, I don't. I know what you're going to say with this one, but we're going to disagree. Damian Harris, Mike Davis,
1: Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Would I be crazy to say Davis? I have them back to back. No, that's why games. I'm asking. Maybe I'll have
0: to. Maybe I have to adjust Davis a little bit. We'll see. But I, I think he's a playable asset, 1,000. percent I just don't know how much the running back will be used in this game, in general, because I think Philly. Well, Mike gonna put Davis up has hands. He does, but I mean, that brings us to our next guy. You know, I hate Kyle Pitts. I, I said Kyle Pitts is being overdrafted. Kyle Pitts might have – Kyle Pitts might go TJ Hawkinson on us in this game and put 100 yards up, score two touchdowns, and then have a dud rest of the season. Th- that might happen because this is the opportunity to do so.
1: Yeah, you couldn't ask for a better matchup for a rookie tight end for a team that's going to have to pass. Look, if you drafted Kyle Pitts at his ADP, you're starting. So good luck. It, it The matchup's right. Anyone else you want to talk about in on this one, Jay? Uh, Miles Sanders, actually. Oh, we forgot to talk about Miles Sanders. How did about we Miles Sanders? That? What I said about Mike Davis rings true for Miles Sanders as well. Right now is probably the game where Kenneth Gainwell is going to have the least work. The only issue is if this does become a shootout, we'll see if Boston Scott is the receiving back. That's what I would. That's what I would gamble
0: on. I'd gamble that this is more like a. Maybe take a outside shot on Boston Scott and your flex more than this elevates Mike uh Sanders, so you
1: prefer Mike Davis of the two
0: i- pre- oh that's a good question they're they're ranked right right next to each other. I have Miles Sanders i I'm sorry I have Miles Sanders ranked eleventh it's not that I don't like Miles Sanders in this game. I like Miles Sanders in this game. I think he's scoring in this game, so I don't want to get it confused. Because the way I'm talking about it is, I don't, I, I don't think he's gonna catch passes. Just because I don't think he's gonna catch passes doesn't mean I don't, I'm not gonna, I don't like him in this game. I think the Eagles, although this will be a shootout, the Eagles are gonna run the ball, and Miles Sanders is gonna to touch the ball, 15 to 20 times. And I think against an Atlanta defense that can't stop the run for nothing, especially last year, I think 15 to 20 touches for Miles Sanders turns into RB 11.
1: Yeah, I could. I could definitely see that happening. If there's any game, it's this one. If you're in a DFS and you want to stack a game, I I don't have an issue with you stacking this one. It's a little Jalen Hurts, Mike Davis opposite quarterback and running back is an odd stack, but I feel like that might work. Um, yeah, I mean,
0: I I still uh, I still prefer my I prefer Miles Sanders a lot over Mike Davis, but I like both of them. Uh, let's go on to our next game. If we're done with that, the Chargers at the Washington football team. It's going to be. Oh, in- Chargers go. It's going to be interesting to see the quarterback play in this game because Justin Herbert, although the Chargers have made strides to have a better offensive line, and their offensive line is probably the best it's been in a while, it's still not a great offensive line. And this Washington football team defensive line is absolutely filled with ridiculous monsters. And they are constantly putting pressure on the quarterback so it's going to be interesting to see how Justin Herbert handles that Um, and then on the other side you have Ryan Fitzpatrick in his first game Curtis Samuel does not look like he's going to play so how do you feel about these quarterbacks and where do you have them ranked
1: I don't love either this week they're both not great matchups Fitz you never really know what you're going to get it's a new offense like you said Curtis Samuel is out the Chargers have a good secondary good defense in general and then You have Justin Herbert, Uh, Washington ranked fifth in fantasy points allowed to receivers last year, which means they were doing a good job on the quarterback. Um, And Justin Herbert had a few games last year where he disappointed. He is still a young quarterback. Week one to come out against Chase Young and co. It's a tough task. I'm, I'm fading Herbert a bit this week, but if you drafted him to be your starter and the waiver wire isn't deep, then. Just roll with it. And, you know, Michael wrote
0: an article earlier in the offseason about how Herbert doesn't use his legs that much. And against a team like Washington, if you're not a mobile quarterback, you're going to pay for it. So,
1: I think I mean, he's mobile. He's just not a Jalen Hurts-esque mobile.
0: Yes. Well, there you go. So, I I, I agree with you. Right now, I have Justin Herbert 13th. Um, not excited about Justin Herbert. On the other hand, I have I have Ryan Fitzpatrick 19th, which he's lower than Justin Herbert, but I'm higher on Ryan Fitzpatrick than you might think. I think the Chargers are one of the sleeper defenses of the year. They were extremely injured last year, extremely injured. So taking that into consideration, um they're a good team. Der- Derwin James is back. Joey is back, et cetera. This is a good team who was very injured last year. So I don't think they're the cakewalk in the park that they were last season. So I think Ryan Fitzpatrick has a chance to do something. I think him and Terry McLaurin both have good games. And I think Diamond Brown is someone to keep an eye on now that Samuel's not playing.
1: Look at you agreeing, my man. I mean, if Samuel's not playing, then I'm agreeing. All right. Curtis Samuel has already tweaked his groin. He's been injured all offseason. In comes third-round pick, Diami Brown. And the player comps love him. Look, if you don't want to believe that the player comps are good, I'll just tell you this. Remember Des Fitzpatrick, the fourth-round pick for the Titans? There are a bunch of no-names in his comps. And guess what happened to him? He was released before he ever stepped foot on the football field. So these are valuable. And Damian Brown's, two of his top three comps are A.J. Brown and Chris Godwin. Okay. So he has the skill set, the measurables, and the college production to be very good. And Fitz is a funnel quarterback. He only throws to a handful of people. Handfuls a lot, actually. Two or three people. It's going to be McLaurin. Start Terry McLaurin happily. For sure. The question is then, who's going to emerge as the main second option? Lance Thomas, Logan Thomas, fuck me, or Damian Brown. It's probably Logan Thomas for now. But I'm telling you, add Damian Brown before this game. Because he's going to do something in it. And you're going to want him on your team before everyone else rushes the gun. I'm starting Logan Thomas and Terry McLaurin.
0: Yeah, I I, I don't know about Logan Thomas. I, I think that Logan... It sucks because Logan Thomas... I just don't see Fitzpatrick getting the ball to the tight end as often as he would need to to make Logan Thomas worth the start. I just don't see it, personally. But if he does, that's something to definitely keep an eye out on because that's something that's very, very important. Um, The Chargers were 16th in the NFL against the Rush last year, 120 yards per game they gave up. Antonio Gibson... Uh, is someone who people were, including myself, one of my guys that I am. Uh, I'm feeling real good about. This yeah. is his. This is his first opportunity. So, how
1: are you seeing Antonio Gibson in this game? You got to feel good about him. Yeah, I mean, you took him as your second or third best player, and this isn't the toughest matchup on earth. I mean, it's what you got him for. Right. This is a very good matchup, and. You ride it. And honestly, the I'm not concerned about how he's going to perform. I what I want to do is see how many targets he gets. That's that's what I'm curious about for this game when it comes to Antonio Gibson. What about I'm go. not touching JD McKissick.
0: Yeah, no way. Unless you're in a full PPR. I, I think desperate. JD
1: McKissick, I think JD McKissick's gonna be a no one this year. People are drafting him. Dude, his quarterback last year was Alex Smith. Ryan Fitzpatrick is the polar opposite. I They're mean, legit diff- opposite ends of a magnet. The same thing
0: can be They're said. They're going to just push each other away. The same thing can be said for Lance Thomas. Logan.
1: Thomas. Logan Thomas. Again, Lance Thomas, former Knicks player. Forgive us. <laughs> the same thing can be said. That's true, but right now the best second option on the Washington team is Logan Thomas. So I think at least for now, Logan Thomas, you're starting.
0: All right.
1: Unless Amy Brown... Is is what he we he the Broto app says he is. In which yeah, case I hope so. I'm telling look, I, I dropped we had a in our p- preview patron pod we mentioned players to pick up before you start. Paris Campbell is one of them. I may regret this, but I dropped him for Diami Brown once I got the news about Curtis Samuel.
0: I was it's I think that's a good pickup. It's a good pickup. Um let's go to the other side though. Austin Eckler. Out of nowhere, hamstring injury. Very worrisome. If Austin Eckler can go, he's a good play. He's always a good play. He's the main focus of this offense for a, a quarterback that is shown propensity to, to throw it to the running back. Very concerning, though, because these soft tissue in, I, I injuries, groins, hamstrings, those are the ones that tend to linger. Those are the ones that tend to pe- get people out of games. And this one is one that popped up towards the end of the week. So, if Eckler goes, you play him. If Eckler doesn't go, Joshua Kelly or Justin Jackson.
1: Justin Jackson Justin as Jackson. a I agree. flex play at best, running back three flex. Last year, Justin Jackson had the role over Joshua Kelly, even though Joshua Kelly got the first shot at it. Justin Jackson proved to be a decent option. He's not the worst running back on earth. He he looks better than Joshua Kelly, and then Larry Roundtree might have a shot at one point this season, but he's a rookie and a late round, a late one at that. So I'm not touching him, but ideally Eckler suits up and you get to throw him out.
0: there. Uh, Let's hope so. It's the same thing
1: with Keenan Allen, right? Like if you picked Keenan Allen, you're starting him. So the question is Mike Allen. Yes. Mike fucking Williams, dude, Mike fucking Williams. No, the answer is no. Why? I'll never understand you and Mike Williams, man. I'll never Dude, understand you and like the Washington defense last year allowed the fifth least fantasy points to wide receivers. Mike Williams, everyone talks about, oh, big target, red zone. He had 10 red zone targets last year. That was third on his own team. Fuck out of here with your 10 red zone targets. You're going to get one target every game and a half. Big fucking deal. You're not even that good. So, you know what's going to happen? You're not even going to score it, you're not even going to score a touchdown on that red zone target. Mike Williams makes spectacular plays, and everyone wants him to be better than he is. Props to him. They're fucking beautiful, spectacular plays. But the truth is, he's not a separator. He, you, he makes those spectacular plays because it's just a plays where the quarterback has nothing else to do, so he figures, let me throw it deep to Mike Williams, and he'll either come down with it, or it'll be a punt if it's intercepted. And then he comes down with it. Good for him. It's dope. But I'm not starting him against the Washington football team. Washington twenty seventh
0: in DVOA against the number one receiver last year. Just putting that out there. Keenan Allen is the number one receiver. No, I mean the the out the X the X the X. <laughs> we make fun of people who use the term. That X. just
1: makes me. I mean, that makes me like the Chargers offense less. Because if Mike Williams is going to be the guy who's supposed to beat them, then they're going to lose.
0: I think Mike Williams in a fifth year contract year. Has the ability this year to show people that he's that he's worth. If Michael it. Williams was good; he wouldn't be playing for a contract. I mean, that's what they said about Corey Davis and look where we are now. So well, it's, it's still yet to weirder. be seen if Corey Davis is good. I mean, last year he was very, very good, and he was he wasn't very, op- very good. Yes, he was very, very good. He was like PFF's like fourth ranked wide receiver.
1: Ah, yeah, PFF could suck it. <laughs> PF can suck it if you disagree with me, but if you agree, I right, mean I'll no, use they're, you. they're one number to take into consideration. And
0: what's that number? No, the PFF grades. Oh, not oh, oh old, old, old. yes, yes, but yes. But it's just it shows you that people who are evaluating this guy said he played well. I'm just I'm just just that's what it's worth. Um no, all right. I'm not touching Jared Cook. What about Donald Parham? That's someone Parnham. Is there someone you have to like That's someone you have to keep an eye on. Wait to see if he actually gets burned. Yeah. Now here's a here's interest here's the interesting one. Now, you don't like Mike Williams, so that leaves someone on the other side who could have a game. What about Jesse? I mean, uh, Josh Palmer. People are talking crazy about this guy. What's up with the Josh Palmer? What's up with the Josh Palmer love? It's, I mean, apparently they really like him and he's he fits the measurables. He was
1: drafted in the third round. Why is the world forgetting that Jalen Guyton exists? That's true too. Jalen Guyton was a better version of Mike Williams last year. He had more yards per reception. He had more touchdowns. He had a higher catch percentage. Jalen Guyton was just a better Mike Williams on less targets. So I'm not convinced that Josh Palmer just is going to hop him in the depth chart. I'm especially not convinced... To start in week one, motherfucker! I called it, baby. Gronk touchdown. You did call. You did call that. Gronk touchdown that. game written all over it. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I had a feeling that I
0: was, that was gonna be one of those uh, highlights that I cut and put make into a promo. And I was. Well, there you go. I might now you to. know what to do. Now I know <laughs> what to do. All right. Um, Chargers. I mean, the Steelers at the Bills is the next game. Let's go straight into that one. Um 45 minutes in, we are we are killing the game. Steelers at Bills. Interesting matchup here. Um Big Ben on the road is not something that I'm particularly interested in. Josh Allen anywhere, particularly at home, is something that I am definitely interested in, especially because the Steelers' pass defense is definitely their lower point. Like their whole team is great and they are great against the pass as well, but they are killer against the run. And the Bills are are not going to run the ball uh, unless it's Josh Allen. So I think Josh Allen's going to drop back. He's going to complete his passes. He's going to play well, and I think he has a big game against the Steelers here.
1: Yes, I concur. Okay, I, that was I like, easy. I, there's it's it's not that complicated. Yeah, it's not. You're, a, you're not betting against the guy. At this it, point.
0: There's no way you're sitting Josh Allen. You draft him in the it, third t- or fourth. T-
1: tough round. matchup yada yada blada blada bluda blada it's josh Allen, right um big ben though is someone that is a
0: favorite of ours season long as like a quarterback sleeper in two quarterback leagues or super flex leagues um but i would sit him this week and start starting him next week personally just because this is a a
1: a matchup at the bills that i'm just i'm just not confident in um yeah uh, michael likes big ben more than i do as well i uh I'm definitely fanning him against the Bills, and I don't love him as much as you guys either for the season.
0: Well, okay. Well, that's fair. Uh, the Bills, on the other hand, let's go back to them. Stefan Diggs is going to be the main weapon. Stephon Diggs looks like probably one of the most home run picks in the history of picks. Like, he's like – if he's not, if he's healthy all season, he's locked and loaded top five. Like, I, I don't see any way he drops out of the top five. That starts with this game. It continues with this game. So what about the other options? Uh, Emmanuel Sanders is going to play in this game. Gabriel Davis is Twitter's new lover boy. Um, and then you got Cole. The bee's knees, bees, uh, Beasley. How
1: are you feeling about these guys? Are you giving any of them a shot? So here's the where matchup comes into consideration. You're always starting Josh Allen, but that's because he can run. and He can run and that's a touchdown. It doesn't mean his pass catchers are going to be great. And outside of Stefan Diggs, this is a tough matchup. The D- Diggs are going to see his 14 targets regardless. But we don't know what Sanders is going to look like in this offense. Cole Beasley is going to see his seven targets and you could start him in the flex in a full PPR league. That's fine. And then Gabriel Davis, we're not sure what his role is going to look like either. So in an ideal world, you're only starting Diggs. Maybe Beasley in a full PPR league.
0: Yeah, I think Beasley is a uh, is a good flex play in a full PPR league. Um, I'm staying away from these running backs for the Bills. And the, and the tight ends.
1: The Bills, yes. Yeah. I honestly forgot we even had to talk about them. Like, I don't even have them written down on my notes. Yeah. No reason. I think the biggest joke on earth is the Bills running backs.
0: Yeah. Um, the Bills running back is Josh Allen. Uh, so let's, let's go over to the other side then. Najee Harris, exciting to watch him play. You, you drafted him. You're going to start him. Uh, not too much to say about Najee Harris. We haven't seen him play yet, so not also not too much to say about what we think is going to happen. We got to see about this. You're playing him with confidence. You're playing him to be an RB1, and he has every ability to be an RB1 if he is as advertised. Um, the wide receivers are guys that you paid draft price to start whether it's Deontay Johnson, whether it's Chase Claypool, less or so Juju, but even Juju. It's hard to say who's going to be great at any time. Um, You could try and dissect it. You could try and and analyze it, but you honestly, you don't know. Uh, If it for what it's worth, I don't even know who the number... Who, who would you consider the number one receiver in Pittsburgh? Who would you consider the number two? Because last year, Buffalo was 23rd in DVOA against the number one receiver and 3rd in DVOA against the number a number two receiver. The problem is, you don't know, is Deontay number one? Is Claypool number one? Who's lining up? What we do know is they were excellent against the slot receiver, 4th um, in DVOA against the slot. And we've mentioned many times that Juju tends to shrink when he plays good defenders in that slot. So if you're making me choose one of these three, Juju, you're eliminated. Now it's between Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. For me in this game, I think that I'm going to go with Claypool over Johnson because I don't know how the volume is going to shape out. I think anyone saying, like, Deontay Johnson is definitely going to get this many targets or X many targets, I don't know if that's the case. I think Chase Claypool might be a better player than him. So if Chase Claypool is that guy and he has that uh, up-over-the-top ability, uh, the DK if, if this turns into DK Metcalf-Tyler Lockett and everything switches just like it did in, in Seattle last year, then you have a pretty good play in Claypool every week. So I think Claypool kind of comes out and kind of s- establishes himself as the number one in this game personally. What do you yeah, think, Yeah, we're Jack?
1: entirely different here. So this is why I say numbers are only one part of the equation. So DVO, DVOA might say the Bills are fourth against the slot receiver, and that's fine and dandy. But slot receivers didn't do too bad last year against the Bills, at least talented ones. Cooper Cup, Keenan Allen, even Jamison Crowder all scored over 15 points against the Bills last year. Hunter Renfro and Jacoby Myers even put up over 10. You know how I feel about Jacoby Myers. The thing is, if you look at what Big Ben did against the Bills last year, Juju he had a bad game, but Juju's the guy who went six fifty five and one. And I don't want to just point at last year and say it's going to be a exact duplicate because it's not. But Tre'Davious White is their best cornerback, and I do think that this is a game where they might want to get the ball out quick against the Bills' defensive line. I in my order is Deontay Juju Claypool.
0: Hmm.
1: So we're uh we're on the, well we're on opposite ends. Yeah, we are. Mine is Claypool. Deontay. Deontay. Deontay has the highest average of the two of
0: us. Yeah. So mine's Claypool. Deontay. Juju. It's gonna be like this. It's gonna be a a, a little bit of a wild ride if you are the roster of a Pittsburgh wide receiver because it's gonna be like this every week. Unfortunately, yeah. and I'm a guy who rostered a lot of Claypool, so. And this I, isn't
1: a game where I want to trust Eric Ebron either.
0: No, this isn't. This I isn't mean, if you're Ebron trusting game.
1: Ebron, it's it's touchdown or bust. But yeah, this isn't the game I want to do it. Definitely not.
0: Um, anyone else want to talk about in this game?
1: Also, not rolling out Dawson Knox. I'm interested in seeing how much work he gets, how many routes he runs, even if he doesn't get a set number of targets. Because uh, if he's getting a decent amount of, if he's running a decent amount of routes, then I'd like to know that. So keep it. I'll keep an eye on that. But that's. All right,
0: so let's move on to one of the uh more least interesting matchups uh of this uh first week. If you could predict anything and I'm, you know, I'm a I'm a believer in you can't really predict the year before, the year next. Like people who go by strength of schedule and things like that who has it you don't know. At the end of the day, you don't know. But it's pretty safe to say that the Lions are going to be bad, although I don't think they're going to be as bad as people think. And the Niners are going to be good specifically in this matchup. Uh, last season, the Lions were 32nd against fantasy quarterbacks, 32nd against fantasy running backs, and 31st against fantasy wide receivers. People feasted on the Lions last year, and I don't really, I don't really expect that to change much. Uh, new regime coming in, new system, rookie head coach. Um, the guys that he wants aren't really... This is a rebuilding project, particularly on the defensive side. So with that being said, I love the 49ers in this game. I think Jimmy Garoppolo, it scares me that Jimmy Garoppolo might get siphoned. You don't really think about someone getting siphoned by another player at quarterback. So that's the only thing standing in between me and him being like a legitimate quarterback two option for me this year, this week. Besides that, Raheem Mostert I have as my running back eight. Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel can both have wide receiver one games in this game. I even think Trey Sermon, although I think he's going to be used less because this is his first game kind of eased into the offense. That's why I'm so high on Mostert. I think he even has a chance to be fantasy viable. And of course, George Kittle. So I like every single 49er. Um, I don't think it's a matter of if they'll eat. It's a matter of who will eat out of the bunch? But I like every single forty nine er, and I'm staying away from the Lions' wide receivers. Jason, I mean, how do you feel about it?
1: Um, all right. So the entire game I'm talking about, I see. <laughs> the- <laughs> I mean, I was just, I think that's the game in
0: a nutshell. Is like play your forty nine ers, and then I, I want to talk about Hawkinson because I think that Hawkinson has a chance. In this game, no, but doesn't. it's very I'll unlikely. Why. Yeah, yeah. And this is—I I, uh, I know we both read the same
1: article, and it was a good one by Matt Ward. But Jason, go ahead. Yeah. Well, Raheem Mostert, I have as my seventh running back. He is a must start. Wow. This week. Get you him have in him your higher line. than yep. me. Wow. You thought I? You thought you had me beat when you said I that? Did. I did. your voice. I did. You don't. <laughs> I have you beat. <laughs> and I'm obviously tempted to move him higher. This is a team that's awful, really, really awful, and. They're gonna run the ball and Trey Sermon's a rookie. You don't know how much work he's gonna get. And like you said, like Jimmy Garoppolo could be a streamer, but like there's a legit chance that Trey Lance comes in and rushes in a touchdown. There's a chance that Mostert and Sermon score four touchdowns themselves, or that they give an end round to Debo Debo or Ayuk for a touchdown. Like I just can't trust Jimmy G. In a two quarterback league, fine, but not in a one quarterback league. Iuke, um, Samuel, Kittle, fire them all up. The only concern is that they get up too early, too much too early, and then the passing game goes out the window. But when it comes to the other side, it's really tough to trust anyone in this offense. Uh, so we'll get to TJ Hawkinson, because Matt Ward, uh, writer for Brodo, released an article today with a gem. And I'll tell you the gem. Uh, last year... The 49ers allowed eight points to tight ends per game, one of the best in the NFL, and that was because of Fred Warner. Uh, Fred Warner, 24-year-old linebacker, last year when he guarded someone, their catch percentage dropped to six, dropped 16 and percent, the highest rate of any defender since 2017. So no defender was better. Than anyone else guarding anyone else than Fred Warner was guarding tight ends. No corner. That's the reason. No safety. That's the reason why the 49ers allowed only 481 yards to tight ends last season. So T Jogginson will get targets, but I mean, that's, that's it. He'll get targets. I'm interested to
0: see how they're going to use TJ Hawkinson because I feel like he's clearly the most talented receiver on the team. I wonder if they move him around. So I think that he could do some damage even though what you said because I just believe he's going to get hyper-targeted. And this is a game where the Niners are going to be up and the Niners are going to control the clock and the Niners are going to be controlling the game. So when I wouldn't be surprised if the Lions three and out a couple times to open the game – Find themselves down a couple scores and then right away have to get into throw mode, you know, like no with no time wasted. So I think Hawkinson, because of that, has the ability. But I, I agree with you on on Warner, and I'm definitely I'm, I'm starting Hawkinson if I drafted him, but I'm I'm definitely fading him for this week in terms of outcomes. Um, another guy who's an interesting case is DeAndre Swift. How do you feel about DeAndre Swift? In this game, he looked like he was injured, his groin, and then there was this crazy rumor that he murdered someone today on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, what was that about?
1: Who the fuck knows?
0: <laughs> so, like, that was that was strange. I yeah. mean, it's not funny if it's true, but no, but I mean, some people were saying it was self defense. I, I don't know, who knows? I know. And da- then some people made up phone calls. You, you know, the the rapper the baby legit has killed two people. And like just in self defense, like he's legit, like shot two people, one in his one in his house and one in a Walmart. All right then. Yeah, so that that's <laughs> I mean, something for whatever that's worth. But yeah, there there were some people on Twitter, um, who will not be named, that claimed they have a phone call in with the Detroit Police Department or something like that. it was it was, it was very very weird, very strange. But with that being said, uh, assuming that DeAndre. Uh, Swift is not a murderer. How do you feel
1: about this backfield? Uh, I don't see him murdering anyone on the field this week. Oh, (laughs) look, this is a bad offense against a good defense, and DeAndre Swift has been hurt for a few weeks now. Uh, I love the season outlook for DeAndre Swift, and I won't be surprised if he ends up with a game that's decent because he catches five balls or something. It could happen. So you could start him if you want, but I'm not excited about it. I'll probably bench him for people that I may not bench him for going forward, like a Mike Davis, let's say. Uh, It's just tough to trust someone who's been injured, and he's coming back now against a very, very stout defense. It's tough. The Niners are seven-and-a-half-point favorites. So if Swift is good this week, it's going to be because he's catching passes. Yeah, I have Swift as my RB20. Uh,
0: I think that, you know, they're going to be throwing from behind. And the reason why I love DeAndre Swift this year is because of that, is because I really do think the top two target getters on this team are going to be TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift. And it's because they're going to be in a lot of game scripts like we're going to see in this game. So So this is
1: a game I'm assuming you're fading Jamal Williams, your
0: guy. I mean, yeah, I I thought that Jamal Williams was going to be the guy in this game. You know, I th- I thought that he it, it was going to be a, a swift injury kind of situation, but right now it looks like they are planning. A- as of right now, uh, he's a one hundred percent go, uh, according to what's being said. So, if if they're saying that, then I, I gotta believe him. So I'm definitely fading Jamal Williams if DeAndre Swift is a one hundred percent go against the the non- All right, let's get to the last game of this slate. Uh, The Vikings at the Bengals. I'm going to tell you right now, my favorite play in this game is the Vikings defense. I think that uh, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase today was talking about how he can't really see the ball because it doesn't have the white stripes on it, and Joe Burrow has not had a good preseason, and he's back really early from his injury, and... Every year, someone out there makes up this story about the Bengals having an off a, a better offensive line than the year before, and, and it's never true. Um, so, like I,
1: hashtag analysis.
0: I, it's, it's it's always like the Bengals it's made a, a move this year. No, they didn't. <laughs> they they got Riley Reef. Like like relax. Like this is got this guy's a, a average player at best that they're adding to guard. Like they, 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 that's not gonna make them into some studs. But anyway, um, the Vikings. So the Vikings' defense is on top for me, um, and uh, Justin Jefferson is my number one ranked player um, at, of wide receivers this week. So I'm I'm super on the Vikings. are gonna blow out the Bengals bandwagon.
1: I'm all for the Vikings, man. Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback, the true throw value prince. He was quarterback three last year after week 10. This is a gimme matchup, and Justin Jefferson's going to eat. I like Adam Thielen this week. He's probably going to score a touchdown because last year he was a touchdown behemoth, and there's no one really else there in Minnesota right now that should take those red zone opportunities. So I think Adam Thielen's going to find the end zone. And then Tyler Conklin's even a good play, I think. He could be the third option in this passing game with Irv Smith out. And it's going to be a pass-heavy game. So start your Vikings. I have Kirk Cousins going in our home league, and I'm happy about it.
0: Dalvin Cook. And Mike.
1: Dalvin Cook as well, of course. Whether yeah. it's on the ground, through the air, Dalvin Cook's also going to eat.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's he's my number two running back on the week uh, after Christian McCaffrey. And, and then it's Alvin Kamara. Like, those three guys, I don't really expect that to change much. It's going to kind of be auto one, two, three. Here's
1: a fun fact, Tim. If I switch to the other side. The Vikings added Mackenzie Alexander to play slot corner this year. Who's a pretty decent slot corner. The issue, though, is that he came from the Bengals, so now Tyler Boyd, who's probably been going up against Mackenzie Alexander in practice for years, now gets to do it in game. So, advantage Mackenzie or Boyd? Um,
0: I think advantage. Uh, that's a t- that's a tough question. <laughs> That's a tough question. I think I think in this I'll game I'll give the advantage to the receiver. I was going to say in this game I think Boyd gets the advantage cuz I think he's going to get the opportunities cuz the, the the Vikings defensive line actually is much improved. The Vikings defense is much improved. Like uh in uh football outsiders who makes DVOA have the Vikings as the is the most improved defense in the league this year. Um
1: Vikings are good.
0: Yeah, the Vikings had a lot of injuries last year. They had a lot of COVID opt outs. They just added Patrick Peterson. Like they they added a lot of pieces on that defense. So, yeah, I I I agree. That's that's the moral of the story. I agree.
1: I also like T Higgins in this game. If if we think the Vikings are going to do well and score, then the. Bengals are gonna have to and another guy the Vikings added, Patrick Peterson, talking about the revamped defense. Look, Patrick Peterson's good and all, but he was locked on corner three years ago. He's still a good corner, but if T. Higgins is as good as I think he is, then Peterson shouldn't pose an issue.
0: But Tyler Boyd, because of that defense that I was mentioning before, is my favorite of the bunch, because I think that he's gonna win that battle of um he's gonna win that battle of targets. So, Tyler Boyd is is going to win that battle with Mackenzie Alexander because of that exact reason. Because he's going to get so many targets. Because it, that defense is going to get to Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's going to have I do trouble. I
1: think Higgins will see more valuable targets, though.
0: But he's going to throw it 50 times.
1: If, if history. A, that's the thing, too. If history, Joe Burrow. Yeah. I don't think he's good enough to carry more than two guys. That's why Higgins is a good start. Boyd's a good start. I don't want to touch Chase. No way. Uzuma, whoever else you want to throw out there. What about Joe Mixon? If you drafted Joe Mixon, you're starting him. And I want to see how much work he actually gets. If he's going to get all the third down work, if he's going to get all the rushes. Because if Joe Mixon does get 25 touches, then he's going to be at least an RB2. That that should be Joe Mixon's slogan in life. (laughs) I'm at least an RB2. (laughs) But it's not, though. He's not. That's not his slogan.
0: Like, if I'm healthy, then maybe.
1: With this many touches, I should at least be an RB2. It's a pretty long one. I will say
0: this. Joe Mixon, one of the reasons why people think he's good is he always has that one game where he just everything clicks for him. And he has three touchdowns and 170 yards. This is not going to be one of those games. Um, Not against this defense. Um, That's it. The first slate of games is up. Remember to catch us in part two, um, coming up literally almost immediately after part one. Um, yeah. Jason, where could they find you?
1: At Brotoffjason. FF Jason. You
0: can find Michael at Brodo FF Mike. You can find Cass at Brodo FF Casanova. You can find me at Brodo FF Tim. You see what we did there? Branding. At Brodo Fantasy uh, for everyone. Uh, Instagram, Twitter. Um, yeah. That is all. We're going to get right into this next one because... It, it's it's a long podcast night. That's how we do it over at Broto. We are going to give you everything you need. So stay tuned. Check out part two. Peace out.